Hey guys, welcome to season two. We're ready to rock and roll with Balance Above Everything Bay Podcast. It's your host, Miss West, creative coach, and I am ready to bring you the real. Go, go, a go, a go, a go, a go. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Lashana. Hi, welcome to the Bay Podcast. We are so excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me as a guest. No problem. So I usually start off with the icebreaker, but we are going to jump right in. And the first thing I want you to do is introduce yourself to the Bay crew, the Bay listeners, and we'll get started to get to know more about you and your platform. Sounds good. So my name is Jordan Taylor. I ran for U.S. Congress in 2016 versus Joe Wilson in South Carolina's 2nd Congressional District. And it was an amazing, transformative experience. And in 2020, I am now writing my story to share insights and results to others. And I want to help other people run for public office. Wow. You definitely have a story. Um, and hopefully we will learn more about that as we talk. So what current platforms do you have? Because I know you um, dwelled in the feminist movement, things of that nature. So tell us more about that as well. Yes. So right now um, I have a website. It is under construction, but you're welcome to check it out and keep following over the course of next couple of months will be up and running. The website is legallyblack.org. So legally black, it's a play on the movie Legally Blonde. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite movies. It's also a feminist movie. And it also has, as you, have you seen it before, Lashana? Yes, I've seen Legally Blonde. <laughs> it has a lot of um, themes that deal with gender bias. Right. So for me, I basically knew I was making history because based on my research, I hadn't seen another woman in the U.S. who had run for U.S. Congress as a stripper and at least was open about it, let's say. So that was history making and I wanted to name brand the story and I chose Legally Black because I really like Legally Blonde, but I saw a lot of myself inside of that character. I feel like my entire life I've been really bubbly and vivacious and perky and just ready to help people. And other people have judged me because of that. I feel like people have often in my past seen me as like an airhead, so to speak, or someone who's not serious. Mm -hmm. I even had a beloved teacher, someone I really loved in high school, who told me, you know, if you keep cracking jokes like that and you you keep feeling so silly, no one's going to take you seriously in your job. And I pushed back on him then and it was just like, no, I laugh because it feels good to laugh. I make jokes because like, this is who I am and yeah. I don't want to be boring. So I saw a lot of myself in the character, but another thing, got to keep it real. I wanted to rebrand <laughs> a whole new story because black history is something that's really important to me. I'm from South Carolina mm-hmm. um, and many people may not know that the African slave trade 
Charleston, South Carolina was a major center and port for that. And so most African-Americans came in to the United States through Charleston and through South Carolina. That was just a part of the route. That's what it was. A lot of slaves were sold off into other parts of the country from there. And so my family and thankfully my school district, they did a really good job of teaching us about Black history. And that was something that I wanted to be a part of the campaign. Mm -hmm. Um, And like a part of Black history uh, is our history and our culture kind of being taken away and exploited in entertainment and media. And so I thought it was a funny, harmless way to kind of snatch something that is literally like white American pop culture and make it black. (laughs) Right. No, I think it is so cool. Now you really, you just breezed over something really fast. You mentioned um, being a stripper and running for Congress. So tell me more about that. Like, because you just you just breathe right over really quickly and I want to make sure I heard you right. Yes. So everyone right now, please, or after you listen to this, please Google former stripper runs for U.S. Congress or stripper runs for U.S. Congress. My video with Elite Daily should come up so that can give you some background context. But essentially, when I ran, I planned this entire strategy out I was a Yale graduate student at the time. I was studying at Yale Divinity School. I did not graduate, but I was there for two and a half years and I do have multiple certificates from them. And I essentially was like, okay, I'm gonna create some shock value (laughs) and lead with one, being honest, two, a little bit of a scandal, shout out to Shonda Rhimes who's a fellow <laughs> Dartmouth alum, like she she taught me, Shonda taught me. Um, there's a lot of reasons behind it, but one of the main ones, but Shonda, I'm just going to be real, a lot of people are not engaged in politics. So I if, agree. if I can get more people to pay attention for 30 seconds and just get them to hear me out with a few issues, that could be a doorway opening to a discussion that could change somebody's life, that they could see themselves in politics through a conversation with me that otherwise would have never occurred to them. Also, America loves strippers. (laughs) I was betting on that. (laughs) Um, So at this time, Cardi B had not won her Grammy yet. Congratulations to her. I definitely love her, love her music. She definitely was inspiration and the motivation (laughs) and still is. Um, Mm -hmm. I she I think at the time she was like still loving hip hop was on TV and I wasn't I've never really like been one of those people who like binge watches things but I heard about her and I just felt like this was going to be something I had been praying about it one of the reasons that I had been leaning on God really closely is because Lashana honestly when it comes to politics, it's a touchy subject for so many people because mm-hmm. I don't think our country has done a good job with the aftermath of the assassinations in the late 60s and basically like early 70s. So JFK, Robert F. Kennedy, MLK, Malcolm X. Um, we don't really talk about those things. We don't really teach about them in school. <laughs> I agree. I totally agree with that. So your journey 
and it ha- it's not ending. It hasn't ended yet because no. I feel like, like Michelle Obama said, um, we ask kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like it's finite and it's not. It's what are you becoming? What do you plan to become? What are one of the things that you want to be? And I have even changed my verbiage and vocabulary when I'm talking to kids. I don't ask them, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? I specifically say, what are some of the things that you want to become? Plural. So, like, if you could ask yourself, what are you becoming? Who are you becoming? Like, what is your plan now? So my plan now is to tell the story. I do not plan on running anytime soon. That's not even something I'm entertaining. At this point, it's documenting the history, documenting why I did what I did, the statistics, the insights, the fact that one only women only make up right now one third, actually less than one third of all of public office in the United States of America. There's only 23% of us in the House of Representatives, and we only have 25 women in the U.S. Senate. Mm-hmm. So even though a lot of women, more women than ever in the history of, of our time, ran after 2016, Hillary Clinton really uh, inspired a lot of women to do that and raised the bar for us, we still have a lot of work to do. And it's not going to get done if we don't start having these hard conversations. And so that's why another reason why I led with the with the stripper. But to answer your question about what I'm becoming, I think now an author, definitely, because I'm telling my story. And in some mm-hmm. ways, you never stop being a politician. I feel like it's one of those jobs that once you do it, it's a part of you for life. But I think I'm now transitioning into a, a place of teaching, teaching and guiding through sharing lessons. I love that. I love that. So you mentioned um, legallyblack.org. Yes. But you also have another platform in regards to helping others run. Tell us about that platform. Yes. So Politigals, which we will be adding that and linking that to legallyblack.org. Politigals is our nonprofit organization that we are in the process of establishing right now. Thank you, Lord. Um, To help (laughs) women learn. Actually, our mission is to educate women, to motivate them, and to train them to run for public office. I love that. Thank you. Yes. Um, And it's pretty straightforward. We're going to be mainly online-based. And Lashana, let me tell you, this COVID-19 thing, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it has been such an opportunity because before this, I was worried about competing in a space where I didn't have an advantage. Um, Trying to host, as you know, on-the-ground events with multiple women. Right. It it takes a lot of uh, just team Coordination. coordination, teamwork a lot. But now with COVID, I'm like, you know what? I don't need to have women on the ground to share my insights. I need people online, tuned in, who want to do the work. Yep. That's a really, really great point, Jordan. So I'm glad you brought that up. So tell me, what would you tell someone who aspires to run for Congress, but they are intimidated? Um, They are a Black female. Like, what would you tell them to motivate them? 
That's a great question. So that, I'm just going to be honest with you. Fear is something that I deal with, It that it comes in ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. It's not daily, but there are periods of time when it does feel like it's daily. And I think the best thing or the best advice I could give to someone is that you really want to check your relationship to fear. You want to examine it. You want to think about what is it that you fear? What is holding you back? What is the worst possible thing that you think could happen? Right. If you were to do this, go ahead and let yourself have that thought experiment. Talk it out with other people that you trust. Ask people. Brainstorm it. I literally wrote out possibilities and pros and cons lists. Wow. Do all of that. However, you know if running is for you because it's something that's in your heart. If it's in your heart and if you even possibly entertain the idea that, hey, I think I want to serve others by stepping up and serving in a public role. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be U.S. Senate. Again, it can be a local board. It can be your town hall. It can even be a nonprofit organization. They need board members. That's a great point, Jordan. And I'm glad you're bringing that up because fear fear can keep you up all night long with no outcome or it can keep you up on all night long and put the fire under you to do what you need to do. And it's all about decision. Mm. And I love how you mentioned if it's in your heart, you're going to do it. Scared or not scared, right? Yes. So what was your biggest takeaway, um, life lesson, if you may, that you will never be able to forget that will go with you till, till the end of time that you learn from this experience? Learn to listen. Listening is an undervalued skill, I think, in our society. It is not easy to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it requires patience. It requires receptivity, clarity of thought to process what you're taking in. You have to be re- right. real about what you're receiving. You have mm-hmm. to be willing to listen as a leader because Otherwise, you will be lost. Mm, that's a really good point. And I would say you probably enhance your emotional intelligence as well. Absolutely. And that probably some of that comes through the process of the listening. But when I say listening, it's on every level. So listening to yourself, but foremost, mm-hmm. listening to God. Right, your God, your source. I pray to the most high God, but whatever it is that you call it, your meditation time, your Zen time, when you get quiet and you hear a voice mm-hmm. that I don't even know how to explain it when I know God is talking to me because sometimes I just know, and I think for me, it comes from quieting the outside noise. That's how you get closer to that voice and that knowing. Right. So the outside noises for me, and this was a good way to decipher, is the negativity, is the no, you can't do that. It's always been this way. Well, why don't you wait 10 more years? We don't have time for that, y'all. 
<laughs> right. It reminds me of the imposter syndrome. Um, I teach that a lot on the several platforms, especially with my coaching tribe. Um, imposter syndrome. You can be the brightest star in the bunch, the smartest person, the most magical motivational speaker. But when you get on stage, you don't feel like you belong. You don't feel like you deserve a spot. And the imposter syndrome is something that can hold a lot of us back. Did you ever experience that? You know what's funny is that I did experience moments of it, but that wasn't a problem for me. And I think that that sparks a little bit of competitive edge and jealousy in people <laughs> because so many people mm. deal with that. So many people struggle with that. I never questioned for a minute if this was right for me because I felt like it came from God. That's deep. That is deep. I love it. So I'm going to change the tune a little bit. I always do this on the podcast before we wrap up. What would you tell your 15-year-old self? My 15-year-old self was so wonderful and open-hearted. I would say continue to stay a straight and narrow path. So politics is a difficult industry to be in. The less baggage that you come in with, the better, the less secrets, lies, unpaid taxes, whatever that is, whatever your mess is, it doesn't mean you have Mm -hmm. to hide it, but you need to be willing to deal with it. And so the less that you come in with not having resolved Mm -hmm. is going to set you up to be where you need to be and to, for you to feel comfortable and not have that imposter syndrome because nobody's perfect. Right. It's not about being a perfect person. This is not about knowing everything. This is really about do you have a willingness to learn? Do you have a willingness to serve other people? Because that's what's missing right now is politicians who really want to hear from the people from all parts of society. I agree on that, girl. I agree on that. We could talk about this forever. <laughs> I'm going to have to ha- definitely have you back on the Bay Podcast, um, when you fully launch your platforms, um, what would be one word that would wrap up your experience on the Bay Podcast? This has been awesome, and I would say my one word would be elevated. Uh-huh. Elevated because this is the first podcast guest spot that I've done, and it is taking my story or helping to take my story to the next level of sharing with other people so that they can follow their path, whatever that may be, to make a difference in the world. Oh, that is so beautiful. And Jordan, let everybody know where they can catch you on social or anything like that if they want to get connected. Yes. So I am Ivy Southern Bell 89 on Instagram. So I-V-Y and then Southern Bell, B-E-L-L-E 89. You can check out my artwork there. And then legallyblack.org. And my Twitter is Yale Bulldog Babe. Love it, love it, love it. Thank you again, Jordan, for coming on. We will have you back soon. And guys, I will have all of her information in the summary area. And remember, stay balanced and stay blessed.
Thanks, Thank Jordan. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lashana. You're welcome. Bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed what we had to share. Make sure to follow me on IG, Miss West Creative Coach, and check out my website, MissWestCreativeCoach.com. Schedule your clarity call so we can connect.